transforming care through genomic medicine, personalized therapeutics, health services and outcomes research, and innovations in healthcare delivery. We're Children's Mercy Kansas City, presenting our audio interview series, Transformational Pediatrics, with host Dr. Michael Smith. There are increasing concerns regarding proton pump inhibitors and risk of fractures in adults, but few studies have actually evaluated this risk among pediatric patients. This is Transformational Pediatrics, the podcast from Children's Mercy. I'm Dr. Mike. Let's talk with Dr. Nathan Fleischman. He's a pediatric gastroenterology fellow at Children's Mercy Kansas City. Dr. Fleischman, what are the known concerns uh, regarding proton pump inhibitors and in general, the risk of fractures? Sure. So, um, you know, in adult populations, um, people have been concerned about side effects related to PPIs and especially fractures um, really for some time, for the better part of 15 years. Um, this has been investigated. In pediatrics, um, uh, you know, we prescribe these medications a lot as well. So it's kind of a trickle down effect. And people are wondering, you know, is there a risk of fractures in pediatric population? Well, in adults, um, you know, this all kind of stemmed from uh, more uh, postmenopausal women and the risk of hip fractures. Um, it, uh, the initial study that I'm aware of by Vestergaard in 2006 looked at this risk in adults and specifically PPI exposure within a year and did find that there was some association with increased risk of fractures. Um, several studies have been done since then, including meta-analyses that have kind of confirmed this. Um, in terms of children, there's really been limited literature. So only within the past kind of three or four years have there been studies um, uh, kind of looking at this. Um, and of those studies, um, most of them have either looked at older children um, or younger children, not all children, um, and they have some conflicting results. Yeah. Yeah. What, what you know, I know this is not maybe, maybe well known or I, I know a lot of people are, are looking into this, but what what exactly is it about the PPI? Um that, that is associated with, with, with fractures? Is, is it simply just loss of mineral? Low, are, are people becoming low in magnesium? What, what do you think is going on with the PPIs? That is a great question. Um, and the short answer is nobody knows. Um, you know, like you said, there could be a mineral component. Some people have postulated more of a hormonal component um, or a direct effect on cells that um, uh, are involved in bone turnover. And so nobody knows the exact mechanism. Um, and additionally, you'll see some differences in adults and pediatrics in terms of maybe how they handle medications, how they metabolize them. So that plays into it too. The other question is, is, you know, uh, is it just an effect from the underlying disorder you're treating with the uh, medication? Um, and so all these are good questions, but I'm not aware that anyone knows this answer yet, although there are many theories right. out there. Yeah, I know. And I agree. I just kind of wanted to hear what you thought. Um, so so now, now going back to the, the, the pediatric patient, obviously, you, you mentioned uh, there was a trickle down effect, right? As 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 more and more kids are being um, prescribed PPIs, that is a good question, right? Is, is there that is there that same fra uh, fracture risk? So tell us about what you actually studied and what was the design of of what you did? Yeah, so um, our study, what our main goal was, because there's such limited literature out there, is basically to see does this relationship even exist in pediatrics? You know, we didn't set out to determine cause or anything like that. We basically wanted to look out and say, hey, if a child's exposed to a proton pump inhibitor, 
Do they have an increased risk of fracture? Do they seem to have more fractures? Um, so our study was a little bit unique in that we used um, a database called the FIS database, which is um, made up of um, more than 50 children's hospitals across the United States. And so we have access to pool data, which gives us um, a lot of large numbers and encounters in various settings. So uh, emergency departments, um, inpatient mm -hmm. settings, surgical settings, and observation uh, settings. And we track children. So we look to see does this child have exposure to PPI based on um, kind of what they were given while they were in that hospital encounter? And we tracked them um, over a two-year period of time to see if they had an incident of fracture um, being coded. And so we went back and looked to see, um, you know, the patients that were exposed to PPI, what percentage of them had fractures. And then we did a control group um, by taking children um, who matched up pretty closely in terms of demographic factors and location of their encounter. And we tracked them over two years um, uh, and looked to see, you know, if they weren't exposed to PPI, um, did they, what was their fracture risk? Yeah. So that, so, so very interesting, right? So here you're, you're simply asking uh, the question is, is, is this same association with PPIs that we see in adults with fractures? Is that, is that same association happening in kids? So straightforward, nice. I like the setup. What, what did you, what, what were the results? So we tracked over 32,000 counters where PPI was documented um, over this two-year period of time. We tracked the same number of um, what we call you know, non-exposed patients, patients that didn't um, receive PPIs um, during that period of time. And what we found was, um, interestingly, that patients who had documented exposure to PPIs were, in fact, at a higher risk um, for having mm. a fracture in that two-year period of time. Um, it was an odds ratio of 1.2 to 1, which basically in kind of layman's terms means that our cohort um, documented that PPI exposure was associated with a 1.2 times greater likelihood of having a fracture wow. during that two-year period of time. Right. Wow. That's. Um, were you surprised by those results? You know, honestly, I was when I was setting up this project. I was like, this is probably just, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see any relationship at all. And it's, you know, um, there's no increased risk, um, which I thought would still be useful because a lot of parents want to know, hey, what are the risks of taking some medication? If I could you know, reassure them, you know what, from a fracture standpoint, there doesn't appear to be an increased risk, um, then that would be great as well. So I wasn't right. afraid of getting a negative result, but yeah, I was a little surprised. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what types of fractures were, are, are, I'm sure you documented this, right? Like what, what types of fractures were most common among yeah, the, so, uh, the PPI group? So in both groups, both the PPI and non-exposed group, we still see upper extremity fractures predominate. And, you know, as you can imagine, most children, if you look at kind of population data, tend to have, you know, uh, arm fractures, wrist fractures, that type of thing um, during childhood. Um, so that was consistent with what we found in both groups. But if you broke both groups down and looked at other locations of fractures, we also found um, that the PPI exposed group was more likely to have lower extremity fractures. Um, uh, spinal fractures, rib fractures as well, which um, I didn't anticipate that. So for whatever reason, mm, yeah. um, there does appear to be a propensity to have um, fractures in other locations if you're exposed to a PPI based on our data. Yeah, that's very interesting, right? Um, you mentioned that there so there aren't a lot of studies in, in the pediatric population with PPIs, but there, I think there are some. What, what, how is yours different from maybe some of those other studies? 
Yeah, so really, I think to date, there's three to four other studies that I know about. Um, I think what separated ours is probably, um, you know, one is the um, age range. So other studies have tended to either focus on older children or younger children, but not necessarily both. Um, and so we tried to include all um, because we felt like that was, you know, uh, useful data to see how it affects all groups and uh, if you combine them. The other thing we did was the location of fracture. Um, a more recent study has looked at that, which got published around the same time as our, but prior to that, nobody had really talked about, um, you know, if there is an increased risk of fracture, what, where are the fractures? Are they the same we'd expect? Mm -hmm. Are they more kind of pathologic fractures? So I think those two separate us out a bit. And then the numbers, I mean, having access to the FIS database and uh, the power right, of getting right. over 32,000 encounters is uh, a bit unique. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. But what about, um, all studies have limitations, right? So what were some of uh, the limitations of your study? Yeah, so definitely limitations. You know, big data is kind of um, overarching, like looking at the big picture. You don't get some of the granular data, like um, more duration effects and things like that. The biggest weakness I see in it, and, you know, hopefully this will get better over time as we um, use uh, medical records um, a little more efficiently and they become more accurate, but is that this isn't a closed system. So, for instance, a child who's capturing the FIS database, you know, yes, they may be at a large children's hospital there, but they can go outside of this little bubble of of what we're able to capture. They can go to their pediatrician if they have a finger fracture. They could go directly to the orthopedic doctor if they have an arm fracture. Um, so we're only capturing this group in that kind of in these set settings. Additionally, with medications, as you know, um, a lot of these are prescribed um, outside of um, these particular settings, or you can go buy a proton pump inhibitor or histamine blocker over the counter. So I wouldn't right, be able yeah. to necessarily capture those, but um, hopefully those would, you know, if anything, under underestimate our risk or our exposure, um, but probably affect both groups equally, we would assume. Yeah. So um, you mentioned, you know, one of the one of the limitations is duration of exposure to the PPI, right? You don't you didn't really dig down that deep. Is that is that something you're interested in now? And now that you've shown this, this association to fracture, increased fracture versus that control, is that the next step for you? It, 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 dosing of PPI, how long they should be on PPI? Is that kind of where you want to go? I think so. Um, and whether I'll be able to do it in the same manner remains to be seen or whether you'd have to use a different database or more granular database. Um, I think those are all legitimate questions because if we're implying that a medication has a certain side effect, well, my next question is, okay, it's a, I think it's what the medication they need, but if they need it, what can I do to decrease this risk? And then that right. becomes yep. exactly as you mentioned, a dose or a duration question. Yeah. Excellent. So, you know, in summary, um, what, what would you like pediatricians, um, GI specialists, um, community doctors, you know, what would you l like for them to know about PPIs in kids? So I think the first thing I would, you know, want to emphasize that our data shouldn't be interpreted necessarily as, you know, PPIs causing a fracture. That's not what we set out to do. There seems to be an association and why that is, as we discussed before, I don't know. Um, and I don't think anyone knows at this point. Um, secondly, I would say that overall, these medications appear to be, you know, safe as a whole. There's an increased risk of fracture, but, you know, if you look at the overall numbers, um, you know, it, it's a small increased risk, but nonetheless, it's there. Um, so I think they're effective medications and they can be very helpful to a lot of patients in which you'd still um, you know, be inclined to use them if we need it. But um, for all providers and for patients alike, we should always be considering whether a patient still needs to be on a medication um, and should never leave a medication, you know, on their list without truly thinking about over time, do they still need this? Yes 
yes or no. Um, if they don't, how can I safely um, get that medication off of their list and still um, make sure that they're being treated appropriately? So um, I think it also goes to show that, you know, like I said, there is an increased risk, but I think parents should be reassured that this is, um, you know, a minimal increase. And therefore, from a fracture standpoint, right. if your doctor thinks you need this, I think it's a, still a safe decision. Excellent summary. That's Dr. Nathan Fleischman. He's a pediatric gastroenterology fellow at Children's Mercy, Kansas City. Thanks for checking out this episode of Transformational Pediatrics. Please visit childrensmercy.org. That's childrensmercy.org to get connected with Dr. Fleischman or another provider. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and be sure to check out the entire podcast library for topics of interest to you. And be sure to check back soon for the next podcast. I'm Dr. Mike. Thanks for listening.